Welcome to the Model Me podcast. My name's Natasha. Model Me is all about educating and empowering creatives, whether that be that you're an actor, a photographer, or a designer, whether you run a startup company or you do all of the above. Model Me is all about education and empowerment, and the name comes from being a better role model of yourself. What you can expect on this podcast is an honest, authentic conversation that will probably have some strong opinions, a lot of love, and always a good focus on how to build a positive frame of mind. That is who we are at Model Me. Community is at the core of everything that we do. I'm Natasha, I'm an actress, and sometimes I'm a model, and I'm the director and founder of Model Me. I was pursuing modeling for nearly three years and during my time as a model, I saw how the creative industry had a huge lack of encouragement, a huge lack of support, and I wanted to create a solution to solve that problem. This is the Model Me Podcast. Hi everybody, welcome to today's Model Me podcast. Once again, we're still in quarantine, so we're embracing this technology and we're doing our podcast on Zoom right now, which is actually more exciting than one might think, honestly, and I'm really loving the conversations that are coming. Um, Today is going to be a totally new thing for us, again, as a company. I'm loving how many new things I'm getting to experience. So I have the wonderful guys from Step Now today. I have four of them, there's five altogether, but to get four people available at one time is a miracle, normally. So very grateful that I've got these guys. I met Step Now very recently, and actually it was one of the last social gatherings that I went out to um, before all of this crazy happened in London, especially. And I'm just so grateful to my friend Malachi, who I have to shout out, who would hate me for shouting him out, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, so grateful to him for introducing me to these guys because they just have such a heart for helping people. And at Model Me, as you all know, that's exactly what we're about. And as soon as I get introduced to a company that has that at the core, I instantly um, want to be connected with them in some sort of shape, way or form. And I always want to try and see how we can support people. So we... Um, work together just on something really small when we did, uh, they did like a theatre production to launch again what they were doing with their business, which I'm going to let them share more about. But for me, I really wanted to um, just support in some way. And I found that a small way that we could do it is help with goodie bags so that guests coming to their event um, could have something to go away with. And then it turned out that we couldn't do that because we didn't know the numbers and it was going to be too large. So I was like, no, we're going to do this. And I was so determined. So we ended up doing it just for cast and crew. Um, So I'm really grateful to the brands that helped me support that. So if you're listening, I love you guys. and step now. Wow, this is crazy, isn't it, on Zoom? So I'm going to go straight in with my first question that's actually going to be for Ray. And Ray, I want to ask you, how did step now come about? Like, I want to know details. I want to know why the name. I want to know why are you doing it as friends? How did you create it? Um, Was it a practical decision or was it like an answer to a a problem that you think needed solving? Yeah. Hi, how are you? Um, yeah, to answer your question, how was Step Now formed? Um, yes, we are all friends. Um, three of us actually went to um, secondary school together. So we're talking from the age of 11, year seven. Um, myself, Tony and Solomon, all in the same school, um, all boys school. Um, high, like We just all wanted to be footballers, as you know, as every young um, boy does want to be in secondary school. Um, we were actually quite fortunate. The three of us actually became professional and semi-professional footballers. Um, but when we finished school, um, some of us got released due to injury. Some of us got released to just not making the cut um, for whatever reasons. And 
we all just went into different paths. So we had the dream of being footballers. We done it for our school, um, our school time, and we done it. You know, like what what you guys would class as college. We all went to academies or scholarships, or whatever. We done it for about eighteen, nineteen, and then we all got released. And um, because we had, you know, been so warm of becoming footballers, and when we did get released, we kind of were like quite rattled. Like, what are we gonna do next? Um, in terms of like career and whatever, because up until this point, we'd never thought about our careers like at all. All we we were just very tunnel vision, like we're, we're young, we're good at football. All we're gonna do is literally be footballers. Um, so when we did get released, it was a it was it was a big big hit, like mentally for us because we just didn't know like what the what the world looked like. It was like what we don't play football anymore. Like what are we gonna do? So we all went off and we done various things. Um, Solomon and Tony went to uni. Um, and I wanted to do other things. And um, we got to about, I would say about 23, 24. And we just reunited and we're just going to catch up on uni or life or whatever. And we just sat down and, and a, like a common theme kept appearing between all of our different, you know, stuff that we were doing. And it was like, we wish we knew more. When we got released, we wish there was more information for us um, in terms of careers out there. We wish that there was more help with our finances. Um, we wish that there was more help with like certain things that would be going for as young young boys, like our insecurities, um, our emotions, all sorts. Um, so when we when we had that conversation, it, I think it was Solomon. Solomon just said, "Like guys, why don't we try and make a platform where that I'm sure there's so many other young boys who all wanted to be footballers, but they never made it, and now we're stuck like how we were." Um, yeah, actually, it was Solomon. I remember. And then, so when Solomon said this, myself and Tony said, "Why don't we start a organization that's football based, like for people that don't make it in football, like a Plan B?" So it would, I don't know, it would help them more um, understand different jobs within football, um, different coaching badges to to, to acquire, um, just lo- loads of different avenues within football. So if you didn't make it through injury or whatever, you could have like a Plan B. So we, we went with that. We wrote it up. We've done the business plan. Um, it was great. Um, but then life took life took its toll. Solomon ended up having a child. Um, Tony went off and got another job. I went and got another job. So we kind of put that on the back burner. So at this time, it wasn't called Step Now. Um, I don't even think it had a name. It was just basically like Plan B. Um, and we put it on the back burner. But then about a year after that, um, I run a car company. And um, that car company um, that I run, um, got invited to a talk show um, just to present it and uh, ask me, similar to this, like, was asking me questions on the birth of it. So I got invited to the show and I actually went with Tony. I want to um, ask you a question. Was it on Zoom? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a real live show. Um, actually, funny enough, the show was um, Godwin's. It was Godwin's event, uh, but we'll get to that. The, the dots will connect. Um, it was Godwin's event and um, I got invited to showcase my business and ask a couple of questions and whatnot. And at this talk, I went with Tony. Tony's like my best friend, he's my wingman. You know, you always got that one wingman that follows you to every event. So Tony was with me at this event and there was one guest speaker and he must have said something like um, to the whole room. Um, he must have said that when you when you pass, when you die, when you pass away, um, what legacy are you leaving behind? Like, what did you do for humanity? And um, as I said, I was sitting next to Tony and Tony was just in deep thought. Like I could see that he was just, he was, he was just like, oh. 
So when we got back into the car, obviously he congratulated me and we spoke about the event and stuff. But then he said, like, Ray, something that guy said today hasn't left me. Um, and I said, what, do you, what, what are you talking about? And he said, oh, when the guy came up and said, um, when you pass away, what are you leaving behind? What legacy? And what are you leaving behind? What have you done for humanity? He said that, that I, can't, I can't move away from that. Like, I can't hear that and just crack on with my day-to-day. I said, okay, Tony, this is a bit deep. Um, so what, what, are you, what are you trying to tell me? And straight away, he just said, um, the plan that we had about the plan B for footballs, I want to get deeper with it. I feel like I want to do, from today onwards here, and I actually want to do more for humanity. So I was like, okay, I'm listening to you. Um, and that's when, yeah, long story short, he just said, let's make a platform where it's not just for football. It's for everything. It's for girls, boys, people that play football, people that do music, people that are in education even, people, where every single avenue, let's make a platform where people can work on their family and friends dynamics. They can work on their finance. Um, they can work on their careers and they can work on, um, so finance careers, family, friends dynamics and their health and mental health. Um, and that's that was the original, like, the stem. And um, I asked Tony, what would you want to call it? And then it was in that moment, he said, you know what, why don't we call it Start to Elevate People Now? Because we were in the moment. Um, he felt elevated that that right moment when the guy spoke to him um, instead of the stuff about humanity. So he said, literally, why don't we call it Start to Elevate People Now? Now, with Step Now, um, it's S-T-E-P. So if you break it up, the S stands for Start. And the T stands for um, two, the E stands for elevate, and then P stands for people. And then obviously the now is now, meaning let's do this now. And that's how Step Now got formed, like the name, the title, and the thought process behind it. Now, Godwin, as I said, we went to Godwin's event, and Godwin and Tony um, are, are friends from the area. Um, so when, after the event, obviously Godwin and Tony were talking about the event, recapping, um, and then it came up. Tony Paul Godwin, at your event, I really got inspired by one of your guest speakers about the whole humanity thing. And myself and my, my, my friends from school want to start a business called Step Now because we're really, really inspired from your event and what the guy said. Um, and then Godwin asks, like, what does this um, Step Now consist of? Tony obviously broke it down to him and the reasons behind it, why we want to do it. Um, and then Godwin was like, this is incredible. Um, and at that time, Godwin, Godwin worked in a corporate in a corporate organisation um, and he was he was basically just at work typing away, just going doing nine to five, doing nine to five, doing nine to five. But the thing with Godwin, and you're probably gonna find out within this podcast, is he's a very he's he's got a lot of energy. He likes his energy, he likes to use his energy. So he was like, even though I've got a good job, and even though um, you know, like it's it's it seems it looks like it's the best job whatever, I personally ain't fulfilled because I feel like I'm just at the, the desk as a keyboard warrior, whereas I like I like talking to people. I like engaging with people. And for, um, for away from talking to just people, I like um, helping young kids and I help like engaging with kids because um, Bibi's child is also like a youth leader as well. So then, long story short, Godwin, as you said, he's been suffering from symptoms of depression um, in terms of like he just doesn't feel fulfilled. Um, he doesn't feel like he's given his all into what he's doing. So Tony was just sitting there thinking, do you know what? Like, there is a lot of people that probably feel the same as you, Godwin, but there is no platform for them to even have this discussion or to even be, there's no forum for like everyone to be like, you know, 
I suffer from that. Or I'm feeling the same way. So why don't we kind of add that to it as well? And then God was like, do you know what? Yeah, why not? So Tony brought Godwin to myself and Solomon. We all met up in Nando's. And um, we had a, a discussion about the event, about Godwin's experiences, about our experiences. And it just, it sounds so cliche, but it just was like this, like a jigsaw puzzle that just came together. And we was just like, wow. And bearing in mind, Godwin actually worked for, um, worked in the finance sector. And one of the pillars is finance. So away from him, you know, becoming um, step now on, on that level, he also could bring in knowledge on a finance level as well, because it's been his his um, career for the, the longest. So it just, yeah, it was a massive jigsaw puzzle. Um, and then comes Princess. How Princess um, is formed and um, comes into it is when we were doing Step Now um, and the original stages, Princess, she's like a whiz kid. Her brain, she does a, a lot of, knows how to... Most women are. Most women are. Princess <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is someone that like, I could be reading a book, Princess could be reading a book and the, the, the blurb of the book could be Billy went to the shop and bought 10 sweets. That's how I would read it. Princess now would read that Billy went with a leather jacket, um, blue shoes. He bought 10 sweets, but each sweet, um, like every sweet, she could name them or give them a description. Or Basically, she just thinks of, like, it's crazy the way Princess thinks. Um, so she was helping us out with a lot of the initial stages of Step Now, um, always just, like, little things like... Um, little patterns, little theories. Um, she, she uses a thing where she always, like, she goes back to the end user. She puts the end user um, always first. And she used to always help us with a lot of designs and just getting us to think out of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been doing that for, like, I'll honestly say the first six months of Step Now. So it got to about a year down the line. And we just thought, she's part of the furniture. You know, like, she knows the DNA of Step Now. She's helped us create a lot of the content. And on top, she's a woman. And um, a lo- at, the, at, this, at that point, um, we'd started teaching in schools and some of the, the kids weren't, um, they were girls. And we found out that a lot of the girls were really intrigued in what we were teaching. But, you know, speaking to a boy and speaking to a girl, it's completely different. There's some, some things that they don't open up to you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, like, someone that knows our DNA, someone that's helped us build our, our, all of our content, like and on top, Princess likes talking to young girls because she used to do a bit of voluntary work um, for her community when she was a bit younger. So it was like once again, it was just like a no-brainer. It just merged again into the puzzle, just how Godwin came in. So it was like everything just merged together, and here we are, stepping out today. That's the final. The so names. Then I'm just going to go over them for everybody that's listening. So we have Princess, which is obviously. Um, how long have you been working with them, Princess? Uh, it's hard to say. I think I've been working with Step now um, for the whole time that they've right. been alive. But right. as like a key member of the actual team, I'd say probably like a year now. Wow, so cool. So we have Princess, Godwin, Ray, mm-hmm. Solomon and Tony. Right. Right. Woo-hoo, I did it. <laughs> I know you all have double names, but we won't confuse everybody. <laughs> so... I've been making notes talking mm-hmm. because I'm quite inspired by what you've been saying. So right. was it something then that now was an idea? Right. 
sorry, everybody, we're on Zoom, so we're just managing this, okay? Um, so Step Now was a, an idea that was created on the dot. It wasn't just an idea that you went away and thought about. Is that right? Yes, uh, definitely. It was definitely not like a business idea that we all got pen and paper out and said we're going to start a business. It was definitely our experiences, um, the negative side of our experiences, like, you know, all getting released and not knowing what to do. It kind of birthed organically from that. So it was more like a solution. Right. Solution for the next gen. Because we kind of thought, like, the way we're stuck um, all being released and not knowing what to do and not knowing what's out there, we wouldn't want anyone else that would, like, would be coming up to face such similar, you know... Issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just to go through it again. So we just thought, yeah, let's try and make a platform where there will be more information for young people that don't make it in any field because it's not just football people get released um acting um whatever even in uni people don't make the grade to second year and then they're stuck in a real world not knowing what to do so yeah, yeah. it was sort of the solution for the next gen to not go through what we went through love it oh my gosh so good that's exactly why model me was created though out of a solution like i wanted to be a solution-based business so the next question I have for you is, how did you build your client base? Obviously, you've gone from an idea on the spot, all of a sudden you hired Godwin, and, all <coughs> and you've got the four of you, and then Princess is like working with you, but not officially. So you're like trying to figure out, okay, how do we build this client base? Like, where did that come from? How did that start? Where did you look to first? Was it through personal connections? Or like, did you try and grow something on word of mouth? Yeah, um, I think how it all started is we first looked within our own circles um, and we network. I think the key word here is networking. Mm. Um, we network with the circle around us first, seeing in our friendship groups who can support us, who can help us. Um, and then once we had done looking in terms of networking within our own network, is to start to look sideways. People in our peers that are doing something similar to us what are they doing? Are they are they comfortable helping us? You know, because the key thing about what we're doing at Step Now is we're not trying to, you know, create a business what's going to put money in our pockets. It's a business to help young people transition into adulthood. So with that in mind, we weren't scared to ask our peers or people within the same industry as us, um, how do you guys do this, what, what are you guys doing, X, Y, and Z, do you have any support, advice for us? Um, and that's how we kind of started off networking, going to people's events, supporting other people's events, um, and trying to be present um, and showing that we're serious about, you know, supporting young people in any shape or form. I think the second stage then, on top of that, was actually networking upwards. So actually looking at businesses that had already achieved what we are trying to aspire to achieve and seeing how can we get any advice from them? Um, and by doing so, we was able to, you know, build a solid network with, within our own friendship circles, uh, uh, within the industry we're in, and our peers. And kind of like from that kind of birthed some of the things that we are involved in or been involved in um, up until now. And a good example is uh, working with uh, the likes of George the Poet. Um, um, on our play, we went to a networking event supporting um, Nicholas Dex, who's got an organisation called um, King's Talk, I believe. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and we went there just to support, show support, uh, and you know, be able to offer young people there any advice from our point of view. 
And George saw our, saw our logo and was like, oh, wow, this is a nice logo. What brand is this? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's our own brand. And we started talking from there. And naturally, our relationship kind of birthed from there. Um, and then fast track six months, seven months later, George is, you know, providing a narrative for our play in Brixton Town Hall. So for anyone listening, it's very, very important that you network and you network with the people around you sideways, upwards. Um, in terms of our relationship with uh, the young people we mentor, we try to have that stepbrother approach that we're their brothers, but we are very clear with them that we aren't there for them to just see as friends and not take what we're trying to do with them seriously. Mm. So we, they, we do have a line that we have between us and the young people, but it's a line not only to protect ourselves, but to protect them um, from, you know, getting too attached to something that might not be able to elevate them further. So we like to keep a solid personal relationship with all the young people we mentor, but also a firm relationship with them because some of the young people we work with, we need to, you know, be able to encourage them to do other things than what they are doing currently. And if you're too friendly with them, they can undermine you or it can, um, you know, go left. Which kind of brings me on to what we're currently doing uh, through our networking and, you know, advising people and going to other people's events. So we currently work with an organisation called Juvenus, um, and they're a youth organisation that do similar work to us, but they've been around for about three to four years, uh, and they've got a, a project in the Lambeth community called Divert Youth, and this is all about supporting young people that come into contact uh, within Lambeth or Southwark in terms of contact with the police. Um, and our job is to provide them with mentoring service and therapeutic support. Um, now, Winston got her, uh, got wind of us is because we went to an event again where with one of our friends called Carl Kanedu, uh, and that was all about setting goals. And through there, we met a young lady called Ebby who introduced us to, um, who spoke about Winston. Um, and then we also spoke with a, a young man called Abdul Karim, who works within Lambeth. Um, he came to see one of our shows um, that we had in the summer last year called Patting Your Future. And through there, he, you know, recommended us to Winston, who runs Juvenus. And we told, her, we told him what we do. We provide mentoring support. We go into schools. We go into prisons. We run uh, workshops, et cetera, et cetera. And through there, really, we kind of built a relationship with Winston. And now we kind of provide the mentoring support for every young person that comes out of or comes into contact with the police, whether it be in Lambeth or Southwark. So the referrals will come through to us. We get opportunity to work with the young people, um, you know, and see how we can build them and keep them on the straight and narrow. That's so and good. that's pretty much how, yeah, we've kind of built our client base, but also with the young people that we work with, you, you can understand some of these young people are coming from very, you know, disadvantaged backgrounds, very tough backgrounds. So when I stress that, we have to kind of provide a step of our approach, but also have to be firm. So we, we are very personal with them, but we have to have a line because you can't let, um, you can't cross the line with them because it could get too personal and then it could uh, cause more implications that will affect ourselves and our business. Mm. So I had, a, I have a couple of questions for you as you were talking, but I thought I would mm. interrupt you. Um, so boundaries, I think are what you're talking about here, right? Which is so yeah. 
important, I think, for any business, no matter who you work with. And I think that that's a really important thing that you guys have developed. And even just from coming to your show that night and seeing the relationship that you had um, with the guy that shared his testimonial, you could see he admired you and respected you, but he also Mm. trusted you enough to tell you things that he probably wouldn't tell his parents, for example. And so I think that's really good that you've been able to establish those boundaries with them. Um, Mm. And the other question I have for you is, do you find that the clients you work with have had similar issues with their upbringing? So they felt unsupported in some shape, way or form. And I think maybe um, in particular, like the creative industry, because for me, what I find is that, you know, I went to university and like, I kind of think that was always going to be an option for me because I always loved studying. So going to university was never a, a scary thing. It was actually exciting um, because I loved the idea of having my head in my book, had having my head in my books for three years again. But um, I just wonder, is that why you think you have such good relationships with your clients too? Because they see the issue and they relate to it. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the things what we birthed straight away from the beginning in terms of Step Now, when we created Step Now, is that we had to be relatable. Yeah. And our aim was to use the fact that we were relatable. We have been through the path they've been through is our strongest point. So a lot of these young kids or young people that we work with, um, the first thing we connect to on a, on a, on a, on a, on a level is the environment they come from, the struggles that they face. We've, probably face similar, not probably not the same, but similar situations, similar scenarios, and we can relate and we have that empathy, you know, with these young people because a lot of the time empathy is what's missing when uh, organisations or people are working with them. They don't have that empathy because it's very hard to understand the background we come from and the environment that we, we are built from. From the surface level, it seems very simple. Or you just got to go to school. You just got to, you know, get your GCSEs and go to college and go to uni. But there's layers beneath that that a lot of young kids have to work through, mm. um, especially if your your parents are first generation immigrants that have come over. They don't understand the system. They've sent you off to school. Now you don't see the importance of school, or they, their main focus is putting money on the table. So yeah. you don't get help with your homework and now you're stuck with work that you don't know who you're going to get help with because you don't understand it. And it's these little layers that help or not being able to have breakfast in the morning before going to school. So now you've gone to school, you haven't got the energy to be able to focus in your lessons. So there's these little small minute things that people wouldn't take into consideration at a high level that we, as Step Now, we connect with straight away and we understand. Um, and we share our stories with them. And once they hear our stories, they're like, yeah, they've going, they're going through something similar. And what we do is we build trust to begin with with them. So, yeah, absolutely, I would say, in terms of relatability, that's how we connect with the young people. Yeah, right. Wow. I think it's really important as well that it's coming from an angle that is just so real because... Mm. I know that like from my experience as a model, one of the one of the reasons I model me is not for models, but one of the reasons I created Model Me was because I was so frustrated with the lack of support for models. Mm. And I remember just like meeting people who, you know, would run some sort of company to help a model or they would own an agency or an agency is not really a good example, but I have seen it a couple of times, but it would be more like 
you know, someone would create a foundation or something for models and yet they'd never modeled in their life. No one in their Mm. family had, they didn't have any friends that were models. They just saw it as a money-making opportunity and they could Mm. see that they could probably even take advantage of models because Mm. they knew it was an industry that didn't get looked after. And so people would just jump and latch on that opportunity. And I think young people get the same, um, you know, get taken advantage of in the same way because people look at them and especially if you're, you know, from, a, like you say, from perhaps not a, not as much as a privileged background as some other people, some people will just jump on that and see it as a money-making thing. And then before you know it, you're involved with something that you don't even know how you got there. Um, and I've seen it happen so much with certain models from a promoter perspective. Um, I mean, I think everybody has, whether you're in the industry or not, because it's just so everywhere. So I think that's really important and really amazing that you guys, um, you know, make that part of your, your message, really. That's why you exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think let's go to you first then when I say, I think I'm going to get two of you to talk about your most rewarding thing in business um and the two of you to share your most challenging thing so godwin you can go first and you can choose which one mm, mm, mm. um i'll i'll start with the challenging because i'm sure um the rest have great stuff to say in terms of rewarding i think the biggest challenge uh for myself in in business is balance um balance um and i'm I'm sure we'll we'll dive into a bit more um as as this conversation flows uh but for me personally one of the biggest things is balance and and that is uh, balancing your personal life with your um with your business life um i'm not trying to be too ambitious i would say in my sense because currently i'm probably running three businesses at the moment that i'm juggling between um, and actually trying to make sure you're putting in the same amount of effort into each of them can mm. be one of the biggest challenges I've, I'm facing or, or, yeah, currently facing. So that's, that's my biggest challenge. Amazing. Let's go Princess next. Okay, perfect. Um, I'll be honest, I'm going to stay on the challenges as well um, and we'll finish off with the positives. I think that's the best way to do it. Um <laughs> I think the team will agree that one of the challenges is, I think, and it and it's because of the type of business we are. So we're a CIC, which is a community interest company, which means that you know our, our main interest and our main purpose is to serve the community. Um, but again, it, it it's very difficult to do that when you then have to live in the world that we live in, which means that you have to you have to have money right you have to have money to get by in terms of you know to pay your rent to to eat to drink to to do the the most basic things you have to have you know a certain level of money just to sustain um and i think what is challenging for us as a business is how do we balance that where we have a passion for helping people but we also do need to survive ourselves and therefore it's kind of like well how do we make sure that we're doing both in the best way we can and in the most, you know, um, the most empowering way for everyone because we can't be our best if we're not looking after ourselves and we can't, you know, then provide the best for other people um, either. So I think that's one of um, the biggest challenges as the type of business that we are. Let's go Ray next. Okay. um, I'm going to go over positive. the positive for 
for myself and on behalf of the team, I'm sure that the rest would agree, is um, I've, I was now. And what I mean by that is um, I, if when I was younger, if I had stepped now, like, that's what I needed. I'll be honest with you. I needed a, that extra little bit of guidance. But as Godwin was saying, it's not just guidance. Like, it's that relatable guidance, you know. So I needed that big brother who we are. So going into schools, prisons, prisons, communities where we see these young people, being that void in their life is the, it's the biggest reward. Like, you leave with such a, a warm heart knowing that, you know, being that big brother, or in Princess's case, that big sister to that young person. Um, so yeah, you know, even hearing the feedback, you know, whenever I've gone into a session um, or I've gone into a school uh, or prison, and then you know, you hear the, the the young person telling their their teacher or their gov or whoever, you know, sir or miss, when can I get you know Ray or Princess or Godwin or Solomon back in? It's 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 the warmest feeling ever. So yeah, to sum it up, um, just just being that big brother, or, or in Princess's case, being that big sister to a young person who had, like needs that needs that guidance, but that relatable guidance. Yeah. Awesome, love it. And finally, last but not least, Solomon, what is your most rewarding thing about business? Um, I thought that my most rewarding thing with this business is. Um, visually seeing the impact the impact that we have on young people so typically when we first meet them they come across very um (laughs) very stiff is what we call it very you know you can't tell me anything I don't want to hear anything from you Mm. um but then when you build that rapport with them when they see that you're not just another teacher who doesn't really understand where they're coming from you don't really understand their dynamic and you just connect with them um, when you see the other side and you see them begin to contact you for personal things and listen to you, um, like, like you saw on, on that day with the young person who gave the testimony, for me, that's my joy. That, that, just seeing him in that moment fulfilled all my desires for what I wanted Step Now to do for young people. Mm. That's the most rewarding part for me. And I'm sure the rest of the team can can agree with that as well yeah it's so good I think when you can get to see a difference in someone's life and realize how you've impacted them and I think um it's nice for me to hear that you guys actually do see a bit of that because I can imagine that sometimes for me it's probably you don't even see the full benefit of what's going on you know so it's cool that you get the odd thing you know um so obviously we're living right now in like a one of the craziest times that we have ever had to experience as human beings and we are all going through this together and it doesn't feel right to do a podcast at the moment and not discuss with you know especially different businesses different individuals um on how they're coping in this season on what's really going on so how has the current situation of coronavirus affected your business and how have you navigated this as a team obviously you can't spend time together um like perhaps you were before so how have you um yeah like how is it for you is it as crazy as what it is for some of us (laughs) yeah i mean i think um it's funny because you and i spoke about this the other day Mm. Um, one of the one of the most apparent um, changes for us is the fact that we can't see our young people face to face. Right, we can't have that physical contact with them. We can't see each other's demeanor. The video calls only go so far. 
Um, so that has been um, somewhat challenging for us and for them as mentees um, because they want that banter. You know, we can't, we just can't mess about with each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I feel like as a team, we've adapted quite well. Um, we're utilising various social media platforms such as Instagram Lives, um, where we obviously will go live and all of our followers can still talk to us, still connect with us on that level. Um, we're conducting our mentoring service um, via Zoom um, so that we, we get the young people connected on that. Um, there, there's an app <laughs> called House Party, which is now my best friend. I don't do phone calls anymore. Like, me and phone calls don't work. House party all the time. Um, because I want to be able to see people's faces, you know. So uh, we use that a lot. Um, and recently, one of our partnering agencies, Box Up Crime, um, run by Stephen Addison, um, he gets young people on there. He'll message us and be like, any of you, are any of you available? Can you guys come and just talk to some of my young people, run an impromptu mentoring session? So oh, we can do cool. that. Yeah, and with House Party, it allows up to eight people, I believe, about eight people on any given call. So there'll be like two two mentors and then six mentees. And you're just talking. You're just, it's so nice because you're seeing people relaxed. You're not dressed up and, you know, dulled up. You're just, you're just relaxed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like we've, we've adapted quite well to this situation. Yeah, that's so good. I mean... Oh God, I need to find this quote. There was a quote I found a while ago, which I probably even said to you last week, which was, it's the businesses in these times that, um, not even in these times, just in life in general, that can adapt that are the ones that will really last. And I think there's so many people right now that are just having to learn to adapt. And I, I feel for people in business because it certainly is not an easy season, but I do really believe that you know, we'll come out of the stronger and I definitely am using social media in more of a effective way than I ever have, I think. And I'm like you before I didn't really do that many video calls and now I'm living on a video call and it's like, it's so surreal, but I'm learning to love it. I don't love all parts yet. Um, and I'm okay with that because I quite like human beings. So (laughs) I'm excited to see people in person. Um, so, Princess, what is it like working with four guys? Is it crazy? <laughs> Short answer, yes. Um, no, it, it it does come with its challenges. I think. I think we we all know that you know men and women think very very differently, um, and and that plays out in everything that we do. You know, um, but I think like everything, it's all about you know compromise. It's all about transparency. It's all about communication. And I think being the only woman um you know dealing with four men it enables us to practice that a lot more because we have to because we come from completely different spaces when we're thinking so we really need to break things down and we really need to know and understand why we're saying things to be able to tell each other so that we can get on the same page um but you know yeah it's difficult you know there's egos that get involved you know from, from a girl's perspective, there's stubbornness that gets involved. And, you know, I think it's how you navigate that. But I think one of the reasons that we have and we continue to be able to navigate that is because we're founded through a, friend, a friendship. We're founded through a family. So we know that anything that we do, we're family first. And therefore, you know, there's certain things that we do and we don't do just because of the respect and the love that we have for each other. And um, so I think that helps to guide us through 
But, you know, we are, we are different. And even, you know, forget gender, we're different people. You know, we yeah. do things so differently. So, you know, yes, it's challenging, but, you know, our commitment and the fact that we love each other so much outside of the business um, enables us to, to, to get through and, and bring different ideas to the table because that's the other thing. We're very different, but difference is good, right? Difference means that we bring different ideas, different, you know, ways of being to the table. So I think we just appreciate it, run with it. When we have problems, we sit down, we solve them and we just move on. Yeah, no, it's good. I completely agree. I actually love working with guys as much as I, people always think I was um, raised with loads of brothers because mm-hmm. I'm with guys so well and I was raised in a house full of women, not one man in sight. Same. So <laughs> it's actually hilarious, but I yeah. think that there's so, so much to be said um, with just kind of being able to, communicate with the opposite sex and I think that people get so bogged down with this idea of like just even I was having this conversation on one of our last podcasts about you know feminism and how I used to hate that word and how um all I've seen like for years is just the misinterpretation of what that word actually means and people Mm -hmm. giving it the wrong ideal and actually when you look at what the word means like many men that I have in my life are actually feminists too because it's not about you know the woman being better than the man which is I think what has happened over the years is a lot of people have taken it down that angle and for me I'm Mm -hmm. like I don't want that life I actually want equality like I actually think that men still need to exist in order for us to be together like in a in a basic black and white biology sense I can't have a child if there are no men on the planet you know what I mean so like exactly I think it's really inspirational when you meet people that you know find opportunities to thrive in situations where there's a male and female perspective and I not to say that there of course aren't many amazingly male and female red company um led companies but I think it's yeah it's just cool being able to you know have both sides especially when you're a company like yours and you are you know trying to help young boys and young girls Uh, I think it's important to have both so very cool um going back to kind of like school and um the situation let's say right now um not with corona I mean in general (laughs) if you could change one thing about um curriculum in school what would it be yeah um this is always going to be a topic of contention um many people are always going to have their opinions and whatnot mm-hmm. um i believe that the, the school curriculum can only do so much you know there is scope for parents partnering agencies um to come together and support young people mm-hmm. that being said um one thing just to answer the question one thing that could be done to change the curriculum would be there's currently something called the personal social health and economic um program it's called the pshe program um and it's currently non-statutory for schools to implement so it's um a platform where teachers educators can come together and do different things for the young people within the school so they can invite speakers in to come in and talk about mental health they can invite organizations and to come and talk about financial literacy the quickest thing i would do if i had the power would be to make that more mandatory because we want young people to leave school 
as fully functioning members of society. Mm. And I feel like you can do that if your personal, if, if you understand your personal life, your mental health, how to be financially literate, um, and how to deal with yourself and other people in a social setting, then we will have a lot less problems than we do now. Mm. To be honest, a lot of young people aren't leaving school using what they've learned in school, i.e. the maths, the Pythagoras' theorem, um, fractions. Dec- they're not using that. That's just the reality, science. These things are good, but I would place more of an emphasis on the human being. Um, and yeah, the PSHE side of things, I would really focus on that. Just to add, this, um, in terms of curriculum, is one of the things that is kind of like the foundation of why Step Now started in the first place. Mm-hmm. So as Ray talked about before, in terms of all of us meeting up or having the conversations about what were the things that we um, we would do, we would change, um, they were all about life skills. All of us were complaining we didn't know how to manage our money properly. We didn't know what a credit score was. We didn't know what a credit check was. We didn't know how to cook, um, you know, survive on our own. All the life skills that you would have needed to step into adulthood, we had to learn through trial and error. And one of the things we want is for young people before they leave school is actually to be, you know, well-equipped with the life skills needed. So giving them a head start rather than playing catch-up on, on how to you know, manage their money once they get a job or even how to even build a CV, X, Y, and Z. Um, and we're passionate about that. Uh, we're passionate about helping every young individual work on that. And the system at the moment is designed with, uh, based on um, pre-technology, pre-the invention of the creative arts. Um, right. And it's like, you, uh, from a model me perspective as well, you can understand there's so many different creative art um, job specs out there than there was probably 10 years ago, 20 years ago. However, our school system <clears throat> hasn't caught up to that and hasn't adapted to uh, take on this influx. So a lot of young people leave homes not knowing the basic life skills needed or they're not equipped enough to, you know, go to be a photographer or be a, a a a plumber without having to, you know, go to college or go to uni. And our job is to help these young people with those life skills. And if we could change the curriculum, definitely implementing every young person understands life skills much more. And that is through the four pillars that we teach as well. So there needs to be something on finance, managing finance. There needs to be something about pursuing career better yeah. than what we have at the moment because you get a work experience and some of us end up in Lidl. Yeah. Just because we have to sign up to a work experience. Like, there was no emphasis or importance of using that period to figure out what is it that I truly like or what is it that I truly want to be or become in the next five years. There should be more emphasis on friendship and family dynamics because you're going to enter a world where there are people that are conniving, but there are people that want your best interests. How do I tell them apart? There's no conversation around that. How do you maintain friendships? How do you maintain relationships within your home? And I think the most important one is our mental health and mm-hmm. physical health. We don't get taught that enough in school. Um, and if we could potentially be able to do that within school, a lot of these young people, when they do come out, will be well-equipped to face the challenges 
of being in the real world. And when I say real world, I'm talking about paying bills, you know, council tax, going into a work environment where not all your colleagues have your best interests. Just the different dynamics we all face once we've left uni and left college. Um, we could be well equipped for that if, if that was embedded in our curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. People's huge. I wish people knew how to deal with people. And at school, it would be great if we could learn that more. Ray, what did you want to say? Yeah. Now, Godwin hit on the nail. Um, when he mentioned mental health um, and the dynamics of the, of the friends, um, family and friends dynamics, it is real because there's little things like, obviously, we're a bit older and we've, we, we read and we, we, we do research on a couple of things and things pop up. But like, I remember being in school and remember you always had that kid who, you always had the loud kids that want to, a teacher asks a question and they would put up their hand and they would communicate to the teacher or they'll come to the front of the class and they'll draw on the board or whatever. But then you had some kids that they just never spoke. But it's not that they didn't understand what was going on, they just didn't speak. But like now I'm older, like there's real things like social anxiety, you know. Um, some people really have it where they can't speak with a man a crowd like they can't speak in a classroom of 20 people they can't speak in a classroom even of 10 people but at that age it's like the teacher sees it as oh you're not interacting in this lesson or even like you can get bullied with it like oh he's so shy he don't talk and it's like he has social anxiety even if he wanted to speak he couldn't but as Godwin said there is no conversation about all of these things there is no space for all of these things so a kid that has social anxiety doesn't what does that even look like? It, you know, there's there's nothing, there's no outlet for him, there's no conversation for him, there's no diagnosis of it, there's nothing. As I said, like, we're fortunate because we're older and we're in forums and we're in this sort of sector where we hear about it and, you know, even in the five of us, like, there is some of us that possibly have social anxiety. We all know that this person is shy, that person does all the talking, but in school, there's nothing like that. Um, so, yeah, just the mirror what Gordon said, when he said it, it just hit me that, just thinking back as a kid, there, there was nothing for social anxiety, anxiety, pressures, bullying, all of these things. There was, there was literally nothing until you're actually going for it. I totally agree with you. I think I love what you guys said and I'm making constant notes and I've got two ideas on people I need to connect you with. Um, and I don't really know what the straight connection is with one of them, but I just, I just know that you guys should talk. So I'm definitely going to do that with you guys after. Um, they're a really amazing company. They're called A21. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they basically, um, abolish, they want to abolish modern day human trafficking. Um, but they also do a lot of different stuff with like helping people be more aware of how much abuse there is at home, etc. So we're going to work together in some vicinity, but we just don't know yet. But I love these guys so much and they are just amazing what they're trying to do. And, you know, they're a Christian led company, which is again, always amazing. Um, not that I'm biased. Um, so the next question I have is what are the three most important lessons that you've learned in starting a business? Um, I think it's Princess and Ray we said, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll kick off and then I'll hand over um, to Ray. Um, I think one of our most important lessons is passion isn't enough um, because business is so hard that, mm. you know, Passion is great and you need to do it, but you need to have it, sorry, to be able to, to, to kind of see your vision come to reality. But it's just not enough. You, it has to be matched with the same amount of commitment. 
because, you know, the commitment that you need to be able to get through things like coronavirus, to get through, you know, things that you just didn't even anticipate would come your way um, is immense. You know, we've had ups, we've had downs, you know, we've had it where we ran our first um, summer summer camp, summer program called Pattern Your Future, as, as um, Godwin mentioned earlier. And, you know, we had great reception. We had some days where we had 13 people uh, kind of round up. We had, you know, nearly 40 people. It was great. But then actually we also had, when we wanted to start this thing called Wise Up Wednesdays, you know, we had it where we had like one or two people come and we were like, oh my God, like, what do we do now? You know, is this, you start to doubt yourself. You start to think, oh my God, is this really needed? Do we carry on? We know we have the passion, but do we have that commitment? Yeah. And, you know, we had a lot of friends who came to support us and to volunteer for us. And, you know, it's that thing of, wow, we've asked all these people to come down and help us. And there isn't even anybody for them to, you know, to, to volunteer for because there's not enough of the young people in the room. And one of the things that my friend said to me when she left is, okay, fair enough, you know, it wasn't what you expected it to be. But for me, watching you guys take that on the chin and how you carried on and said, all right, what's the next thing? How do we improve? What do we do need to do next time? Was so inspirational that she was just thankful that she was able to come down and see that let alone what we had planned in store. Um, so, you know, for me, it's the passion, the wishful thinking, the, the, the know that, you know, the knowing that it's what you're doing is needed is great, but it has to be matched with the commitment. And sometimes that is really not easy um, and it's testing. But I think, again, because we are a family, we're able to kind of lift each other up and where some of us might think, oh, you know, others are there to lift us up and make sure that we get through it. Um, and, you know, we, we don't give up because we know what we're doing is needed. So good. I've got a quote in the making for the Instagram from you, Princess. Ray, what, what do you feel? For me, it's the balance. Um, for our business anyway, where there is five of us, we're not all the same. Um, we all have different characteristics and we all have different gifts as well. Um, so it was, for me, it's just understanding that we all don't work the same, but finding that balance. So um, just, just for hindsight, like Godwin, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a whiz kid when it comes to finance. Now we, we, when anything comes within finance, we make him take the lead and then we support him. Um, then you've got princess as, as I spoke to your part in the beginning, critical thinker you know can see things that none of us can see so when they, when we're going into new territory she's front of the line to go and spot the the loopholes or whatever or read the small print whatever now that isn't because she's better than any of us or godwin's better than any of us in this sector it's just we've identified each other's strengths and i i, I muck about this a lot um do you remember the cartoon uh, ninja turtles like, you know, there was there was four of them plus the, the mouse, the, like their leader. So in total five, and that's what we are. So Princess is the mouse, the brains, and then there's the, the four of us are the Ninja Turtles, you know. Um, I'm, my, I'm, I'm Michelangelo, by the way. Um, and then the rest are Donatello and whatever. And it's like, they all individually had their own tools, knuckle dusters, nunchucks, fists, knives, whatever. And that's like us, with, where we had to identify that we ain't all the same. Some have knuckle dusters, some have nunchucks, some have nunchucks, some have knives. And then we've got Princess, who's the, the, the Professor Mouse. And we, we utilise that 
you know, at our, at our advantage. Like when we put whoever, whoever's good or whatever in, in the front and then we just protect them behind. And that's a major thing for us, just identifying how each other works and um, how to utilise that in the best way um, possible. For example, myself, um, I'm the connection man. If, if, we're, if we're trying to get new connections with any, anyone, they push me to the front straight away and say, use your mouth do your thing, come back with the results and then we, then we, we, we um, break it up. But it's just, yeah, it worked a dream. It's taken us a, a long time to get there. Um, obviously, we've been running for two years. I would say within the last six months, identifying it and using it to our advantage, we've seen mass improvement. So yeah, sum it up, just getting the right balance and understanding how we work as a collective. Amazing. Love it. So good. I completely agree. I think it, you just have to find a balance between each other. But I like how you said the word balance and you had like multiple meanings for it in that one thing that you just said. It was like balance in your own life and balance in making sure like connecting to what Godwin said earlier. But then also you were like balance in the fact that we all work different. We all we all work differently, but we have the same mission, like Princess said. So, you know, we really make it work. But then also there's the balance in how you deliver your message and who, who goes to what area of the business, depending on who you're talking to, right? So, yeah, so smart. Um, so, Godwin, now my question for you is to round up this podcast, which I have absolutely loved. I feel like we could talk forever. Um, and if we were in person, I know that we would. So maybe it's a good thing or not. Um, <laughs> but what advice do you have for someone right now that might be looking to start their business? Obviously, I think a lot of wonderful ideas are coming through this time, which I'm, I'm for, I'm here for. Um, but what, what advice would you give to someone? And is the advice the same that what you would give before coronavirus? Or is it skewed a little bit? Is it changed? Um. I'll pretty much give the same advice, but with an add-on now. I think all businesses going forward will have to have a contingency plan as to how their model works um, in case of a another pandemic where we are locked indoors and you can't meet face-to-face. So businesses where you know you're going to be interacting with face-to-face, that's your core you know, service. You have to you know, meet up with people. You're going to have to start looking at ways of how do I continue to provide my service even if I can't be face-to-face, or is the service I'm providing just dependent on being face-to-face? And if that's the case, you just know, okay, how I operate, do I need to keep funds aside for a rainy day, which most businesses should be doing anyways. But, you know, when you start off with a business, that's not going to be your main um, focus. Your main focus is actually getting your business up and running. Mm -hmm. And the key things I would say to a young person or anyone that wants to start a business is first research whatever it is you want to get idea you have and the industry you want to get into do research there's no there's no such thing as too much research do as much research as you can until you're confident that you're able and you understand how it works because the best lesson in life is through failure uh don't be afraid to fail as well um that's another key one um step now we've had so many blunders so many times where we've we thought we've 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 unlocked unlocked a new door a new chapter and that door gets closed on us um but it's through those challenges and through those debates that we have with each other um do we then you know able to move forward from the mistakes we make um secondly getting the right people around you the right team 
building a team, if not uh, in terms of your own business, but having people uh, around you. And I'll, I'll use uh, Step Now for an example. Um, the person that done our flyers um, is the person that done our, created our logo. If you guys saw what our logo looked like before this, I mean, you would think we are PT trainers, um, <laughs> but it's using the networks around us and using people that we knew um, to, to, to help us, you know, bring the best out of what we we want. So we didn't even know what our logo, we wanted our logo to look like. This was presented to us and we connected with it straight away. Um, and like I said before, this is the same logo that George the Poet looked at and was like, oh, this brand looks sick. And then fast forward seven months later, stuff was happening. So build a team around you that you know are going to help you in terms of marketing, in terms of finance, in terms of strategy as well. Um, yeah, and just go for it. There's no time like the present. A lot of people trying to find the right moment. There is, there's never really the right moment. Uh, just press forward, try it out. Even if you fail, you come back to the drawing board. And this is something that Prini has taught us from the beginning. It's that will. You go, try it out, come back. What did you learn from your mistakes? Put something out again, try it again, come back and keep going till you find something that works for you. Um, and that would be my best advice. Don't be too stuck on what, um, what you first had initially as your business. As you've heard today, Step Now started off as a sports business. It's now more than just a sports business. Now, if Tony and M just stuck at it and they wanted to do just a sports business, great. They still would have achieved great things, but look at the opportunity that we kind of created now with it being something broader than just for for people in sports. Mm -hmm. So allow yourselves to, you know, go through the journey. Um, and the last one, but not the least, is the one I, I hammered home probably the most to, to everyone on my team. Don't take it personal. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be rejection. On Friday, yeah. my guy was like, it's not that deep. He was like, that's always my top tip for everybody. It's, it's just not... 100%. So, yeah. 100%. Don't take it personal. Not, if someone rejects you, it's not personal. It's just that it wasn't the right time. If you're in a team and your idea gets looked over and you get outvoted, it's not personal. Yeah. Everyone wants the best for the business to go forward. Um, and, yeah, just bear that in mind and just strive for, strive for the skies. Awesome. Love it. So good. I'm making so many notes. I'm being educated myself. So I think the final question we'll do for Solomon and Ray, right? So what are the businesses slash individuals? So um, it could be anything or anyone, a store, or it could be a website. It could be a person in particular that right now, especially in this season, in this madness of a pandemic yeah. that's really inspiring you that you personally think that we should be paying attention to. Um, let's start with Solomon. Yeah. Um, there's, so, there's so many individuals, so many organisations I can mention, um, but bringing it close to home, I feel like the organisations we're currently working with, um, Juvenis, Spiral, Box Up Crime, these are organisations that are supporting some of the most vulnerable and at-risk young people in London. Um, these are some of the young people that you would see five o'clock news. You know, this young person has been involved in this stabbing or this young person has been involved in that. Um, yeah. these, are the these are the unspoken of organisations who are doing the groundwork 
by doing what we're doing now. They're having conversations when they could be spending all of this free time, quote unquote, with their families, but they're taking their time out, um, sometimes unpaid, to work with these young people, guide them, continue to support them, and sometimes just keep them sane because <laughs> these young people, they're not used to being confined to four walls. You know, they want to go out, they want to break the law, they want to just run off and n- not be in um, in isolation. Do you know what I mean? But they've got these support agencies on their back um, consistently. And um, from last from me is your platform, Model Me. Uh, is, this is a time of immense pressure, right. especially for creatives. You know, where's the next paycheck coming from? There's a lot of people who have quit their jobs, who have quit their, their nine to five, you know, employed jobs um, to pursue their craft. Yeah. And what you're doing in providing the platform for these people to showcase their talents, showcase their abilities, but also network with other professionals so that when we get out of this, they've got a wider um, pot or pool of people that they can work with, collaborate with, bounce ideas off. Um, so yeah, model me. Definitely. Everything because I think for me it is, I am challenged with going online. I am so challenged with how can I create a system that still did everything our physical event facilitated on an online platform. And so I'm every day I'm like, okay, well, does that work? Would that happen? You know, would people take to that? And it is exactly what you said, Godwin, you just have to try and you just have to see. And I'm so willing to jump off the cliff and go in the deep end and see what happens. Um, so yeah, by the time this podcast actually comes out, uh, we'll probably be talking about it online. Um, whereas I haven't really told anybody yet. So, um, like publicly people don't really know what we're trying to launch, but I think by the time we release this podcast in about a week or so, we'll be in a place where we can be talking about it. So yeah, I think it's it's just really important and we're just constantly just trying to, I say we like it's me and a team of 700 people. It's not, it's mainly just me. Um, and yeah, I'm just really grateful that I've got, um, you know, God on my side, I suppose. Um, Ray, let's talk about what you think. Okay. Um, yeah. First of all, I just want to big up all the fitness guys out there. Um, right now, you know, every time I, I wake up and I go onto my socials, um, I'm just seeing live um, fitness regimes, you know, and these things ain't easy, you know. These guys make money off it on a day-to-day when there's no pandemic, doing personal trainings. Um, and now they're doing it live for free for the nation to keep us fit, you know, to keep the joints moving, especially in the pandemic where you think you're allowed there's an hour you're allowed an hour outside so to be in your living room and you're getting you know quality sessions from you know well-established pts like i applaud them there's some things like just gene um princess uses one called ciara or something forgive my forgive my pronunciation is it, is it ciara, ciara london, yeah. london um just gene um there's another guy in brixton who does it for kids actually he actually wears a batman um, like a Batman mask and Dino the dinosaur like he does it for young young kids like under five and he dresses up as characters his name is Muscle forgive my I know his government name which is um, Eugene Mensah um, I have to I, I can't remember his actual social Eugene Mensah he actually's training young kids I think like under the age of six he dresses up as characters Superman Batman and like when I watch that I just think do you know what thank you you know um 
it's just it's it's incredible. So they inspire me. And then there's two organizations um that really have inspired me over the last three weeks. Um one of them's called Bricks and Soup Kitchen. Um they've been inspirational all year round, pandemic or, or, or pandemic or without, but even more so now because um they they just look after people. Um they're collecting eggs, they're collecting essentials, and they're literally going door to door on every single old person, you name it, north, south, east, west, and they're handing out bread, milk, eggs, all these things that the old people can't queue up for or whatever, they're bringing it to their doorstep. And if they're watching or anyone knows them, like they deserve all the homage, bricks and soup kitchen, um, bless the guys, there's three of them, no, three or four of them. And literally every day since day one of pandemic have been handing out gloves, um, food, drink, clothes you name it um yeah big them up and there's another one that recently inspired me um an organization called lambeth tigers um and they've been getting in celebrity footballers um and it's doing two things it's entertaining the young people because as a footballer as a celebrity and you get to see them on live but it's also educating them so what they're doing is they're not just getting footballers to come on and talk about life as a footballer like the the glorious side of it but they're, they're digging into the questions that ain't spoken about. So they had a footballer on the other day and they were talking to him about his mental health being a footballer. And that was like, wow, you know, that's that's not usually what you speak to a footballer about. You speak to him about all the goals he scored, all the Lamborghinis he has, etc. But with Lambeth Tigers, they were generally asking him like, you you know, all the money, so young, how would you cope with that mentally? You know, and then they were asking stuff like, even when you started getting that money, was anyone teaching you how to use it? How would your money management being a celebrity so young and playing for a big clubs so young and playing for England so young? And that inspired me because it was like, okay, you've got young viewers watching it, but that you're also educating them on finance, mental health and et cetera. And it's from a, a, a popular figure saying it, so they're, they're more inclined to listen. Um, so yeah, that was inspirational for even me when I was watching it. I was just like, wow, you know, this is, this is incredible. They're really... They're kind of like doing step now with celebrities, and regardless if it isn't step now doing it, it's the fact that they're talking about the physical, mental, finance, family, and friend and careers. They was actually interviewing the celebrity on that sort of level, and it was just mind blowing to see it. And a lot of kids were in, in tuned. So yeah, um, the fitness guys, the the charity guys like um, Brixton Soup Kitchen and um, Lambeth Tigers Football Club, who's interviewing footballers and tackling. The, the behind the scenes stuff. It's incredible. And last but not least, model me, like Solomon said, um, big up yourself. Um, been been um, following you over the, the quarantine period and I love the interaction you're doing, whether it's live, whether it's podcasts, like you're really just trying to make us all entertain and learn and hear different stories. So big up yourself as well. Definitely inspirational. Bless you. Thank you so much. Bless you. I am... Um... Yeah, I just kind of, when we did the, you know, I've seen you all over my podcast, uh, sorry, my Instagram live actually. So I'm always like, hi, my step now. <laughs> I must sound like such a fangirl. <laughs> and I was like, I have had them on the podcast. Oh my God. Um, I had that moment of inspiration in an Instagram live. And yeah, I think it's just been one of those things that 
more than anything, from a selfish point of view, I was like, I miss people like so much. Like I don't want to be in a situation where I'm not getting to connect with our community just because I can't get outside. So it was really, you know, of course it was for people in the community, but it also was from a selfish point of view. Where I was like, like, I'm lonely and I need to be around, you know, what we were building because one of my favorite things about doing the events was being with a, a ton of people every time. Half of them were new people that I'd never met who probably had followed me for whatever reason. And I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, I can't wait. When, we've, when we're over this, uh, you have my word. I am going to put on the biggest Model Me like event ever. And it's going to be completely free for everybody. And we're just going to have a fab time. And it's going to be super educational, super empowering, and everything we need as humans. Um, and it will be the Model Me birthday party because our birthday was on 18th of March and obviously we couldn't do anything. So um, I'm really excited about that. Um, so the last round is a quick fire round. So you have like, I don't know, you can answer one one sentence or a word, whatever it means to you. Um, so I think, Ray, you're up first and we're going to ask you, what is the most empowering thing that someone has ever said to you? Um, yeah. It goes back to one of the, the first things um, that inspired Step Now as a whole. And I'm not saying that because it's cliche. I mean it. Like, um, I'm big on it. Um, whenever I'm in the prisons, I blab onto the kids about this. Um, the guy said it at the event, Gordon's event, about the humanity thing. But my big inspiration beyond even that guy was Mandela. You know, Mandela done 27 years behind the closed door, which is prison, as we know, for literally what that guy said. You know, what are you doing from um, humanity? And he done 27 years for our humanity, you know, um, for people of colour who were struggling at that time. You know, he done 27 years to make a change um, and it has made a massive change, you know, to have, um, as you know, all of us in Step Now are of colour and to even have a platform is due to people like Mandela who did it for humanity, even though he's gone and he's passed, we're, we're still reaping his legacy till this day. Um, so for me, it's definitely Mandela and the comments the guy made about what you do for humanity and the next generation. So how Mandela paved the way for us lot like Step Now, who are of colour to be business owners in this generation. I want to also be inspired to help the next generation as well and open new doors. So to sum it up, um, it's definitely what am I and what Step Now are doing for humanity. Major. I love that. Um and what I also love about you, Ray, is you're the same as me. You can't give a short answer. I love it. Like, it's so good. <laughs> you're the same as me. Like, there's no such thing as a short answer with Ray. And I've learned that today. Yeah. I'm so grateful for it. Because now I feel like I can connect with you on another level. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, I'm going to call Malachi and be like, Malachi, I found my match. Um, so let's go to Solomon. How do you keep yourself empowered? What is um, it that inspires you? Yeah, what keeps me inspired um, since January, New Year's resolution and all that, um, I de dedicated each month to read one book, one book a month. Um, so this month I'm reading a book by David Goggins. It's called Can't Hurt Me. Um, and essentially it's talking about pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone um, to live your best life and to reach your full potential basically. Um, that keeps me on my toes. It keeps me uncomfortable because that's where growth takes place. Um, right. And I watch a lot of videos um, about childhood trauma um, and about 
how that how how childhood trauma manifests itself or can manifest itself um, within adulthood. And it it shapes the way I mentor, and it shapes the way um, I deal with my wife, my friends, my children. It shapes the way I do life. Um, so yeah, that's what I do to keep myself empowered. Short answer. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Short. <laughs> Wait, you know I love you. I said it from a good place, right? Um, so, Princess, I'm going to merge these two questions in one. So, how influential is community for you? And who's inspiring you? And is it from a community that you're um, always inspired by? So, for me, um, I would sum up community in you can't, it's very hard to be what you haven't seen. Um, And it's very hard to know what you don't know. Mm. So the only way that you start to experience new things and see other things is if you have a community of people around you that can show you, guide you, help you, support you. So for me, community is everything. Um, But while saying that, I think that what, I guess, who, how is inspiring me the most is being at one with myself. Because actually community is great. But if you're not receptive as a person to understanding what's happening within your community and getting information from people within your community, there's no point because you you just can't hold that information and then start driving and using it to your advantage. Um, So, you know, whether that be faith, whether that be, um, you know, mindfulness and all these different types of concepts around, you know, law of attraction, et cetera, et cetera. um, That's how I I use a mixture of, of everything. Um, but that is what continually inspires and, you know, empowers me to take in as much as I can from my community, uh, around me. Love, love that answer. Um, okay. And then my final quick fire is Godwin. What advice would you give your younger self? Yeah. Um, two things. First one, probably just tell myself that failure is the key to success. Mm-hmm. Very short, very simple. Um, and the other one will be self-discipline. I think those two, if I could tell my younger self is build your self-discipline, be, be in a position where you are self-disciplined. Um, cause that's going to mean everything to you. And when I was younger, I was fed, I was scared to fail cause I felt that once you felt that was it, you was useless, you was hopeless. Uh, but actually through, through failure, you gain greater understanding of yourself um, and through failure, it forms a foundation of what you will go to, uh, you will become or what you will achieve. Mm-hmm. So failure is the key to success. It's the one thing I would literally tell myself. Uh, so don't be scared of it. Do it as much as you need to do it. Um, and trust me, on the other side, you will reap the benefits of all the failed um, things you tried um they will shape your understanding shape your world yeah love it love wow okay this was a meaty podcast guys i hope you've enjoyed it as much as me and oh god i had even writing 10 questions only for you was like that was that was really hard because i have lots of (laughs) so it just means we have to come back and when we can do this in person we'll have a ball of a time and maybe we'll invite tony tony maybe we'll let you come no i'm kidding (laughs) Um, so thank you so much I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys and how much I appreciate your time and how I'm so inspired by you and how you've completely 
switched up your whole business model like how I have. And so I'm really just, yeah, like want to keep encouraging you guys, keep going, keep working hard on it. Cause I know that the businesses that get through this are really the businesses that will thrive um, for a longer time to come is really what I'm believing for. Um, obviously, so can you just, one of you break us down, um, you know, your social channels and everything so that everybody knows where to find you? Cool. So you can find us on Instagram, Official Step Now. You can also find us on Twitter, Official Step Now. We're also on LinkedIn, Official Step Now. And you guessed it, Official Step Now for Facebook as well. Uh, <laughs> our website is www.stepnow.co.uk. Um, you can, on there, you can contact us directly. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us straight away, our email address is info at stepnow.co.uk. Amazing. See, it's always so much better when you let the person that runs the business do that. Like, I <laughs> do it for businesses, and then I'm like, why do I? Why did I try? Like, I should have just let them. Um, amazing. Thank you, Godwin. Okay, yeah. fab guys. I can't wait to post this. Oh my gosh. Oh, Ray wants to talk. We, so everybody, I'm just going to let you in on this hilarious thing. So we've had to keep Ray muted the whole time, <laughs> apart from when he's talking. And when he's talking, the rest of us have to be mute because otherwise there's too much background. So Ray right now, the visual is that he's waving. So I'm going to mute now and you, Ray, can talk. Yes, it was safer to put me on mute. I talk a lot. So that's actually safer to put me on mute. Um, yeah, all jokes aside, thank you. Um, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart and on behalf of the team. Um, as, as you said in the beginning, you're Malachi's friend and vice versa on the other side. And the minute Malachi told you about us, you know, you didn't know what we look like, you didn't know what we are. Um, you just said, you know what, I'll support them. Let's go. And honestly, thank you. You've been amazing from day one up until now. Always been supporting us. Came to our event. You know, you've just always been encouraging us. Even when we, we, we message each other, it's just banter. It's right, you know, early morning. When you come into the group chat, it's straight energy, you know. Um, and we love that. We love that. Um, we're very picky on who we work with. Very, very picky, especially me and Godwin. Man, if we don't feel energy, we chuck you out immediately. And um, with you, straight away, we've got good energy. Um, and it's been amazing and really just want to say thank you love what you're doing as well um, it's been an honour to come onto your live on we came onto your live I think it was Friday and it's been an honour to come onto your podcast today um, keep doing what you're doing um, we're always here to support you any capacity that is um, just let us know and yeah keep doing you keep shining you're doing a great job and all the best bless you Ray thank you so much I am so grateful and I think everything what you guys have said has just given me so much um you've given my ideas for business actually so I'm really grateful for that um but also it just reminded me of the person as well that Malachi is you know and so it's so funny because when you talk about community and when you talk about you know business and the people that you hang out with and networking for me that's exactly it like when someone like Malachi recommends someone to you like you know it's serious like he because he does he's not the kind of guy that just is he doesn't use flippant words or people like he's very um you know he's serious like obviously he's a joker but he's a serious guy you know he means serious connections and yeah massively love big up Malachi for this and I'll I'll tell him that we're doing the podcast and he'll probably be like why wasn't I invited um so <laughs> he might he might be cursing me but thank you so much guys I appreciate you so much and yeah you can listen to this model me podcast um very soon everybody and check keep an eye on us on instagram model underscore me and on our website modelmemission.co.uk very soon we'll be launching something very exciting and i can't wait because 
exactly what we need in this time.